Because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join with me on a journey into our inner lives, our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, everything that helps shape the way we respond to and interact with the outside world. And if we can utilize our tools of consciousness, we can live a better life, inner, outer, and in our total experience. Well, this is episode number 60, and I want to thank you all for listening to my podcast and watching on YouTube or Spotify, if that's where you're getting this. And that's actually what I want to talk about this time, is listening. All right, listening is an art form. And like art forms, it's subjective, and there are many ways we can express ourselves with this act of listening. And one of the ways we can understand something better is through recognizing, first of all, what it is not. Okay, so for listening, what it is not is patiently or impatiently waiting for your turn to talk. Just listen for that cue when that other person is done talking and then bang, it's your turn and you can go on. And while the other person's talking, it's not an opportunity for you to rehearse your lines, to cultivate or figure out what it is you're going to say, either in response or in opposition, or maybe just have your own thoughts about some other subject that you'd rather talk about, okay? It's not just waiting for your turn, especially if the other person initiates the conversation or if you're with a group. Maybe there's a moderator or there's a topic uh, being discussed. Uh, Then it's not just you waiting for your monologue, okay? This is a dialogue, and there may be more voices. There may be more people to listen to in this, but we'll just take a one-on-one, a two-person interaction uh, at this time for the example, Okay, so if you're not just waiting for your turn and you're not practicing or composing what it is that you want to say while the other person is talking, what are you doing? Okay, listening is a passive in some ways and active in other ways process. It's passive in that you're not really doing anything overtly. Okay, you're not thinking too much about what's on your mind. Uh, You're not filtering through what the other person is saying, filtering that through your belief system or your opinion on something, okay? So it's passive that way. You want kind of a clear slate, okay, or a clear ear, I guess, to approach this listening art with, okay? And what you are doing, though, is actively opening up, okay? Just like you would with your eyes. You would scan, you would maybe look more closely, look in the distance, look close. You would take in what there is to see if you're looking for something or if you're doing the art of seeing, I guess would be the the corollary with this, okay? So it's passive in that you're not really doing anything, but it's very active in that you are listening in an active way. And what this means is that you're listening not only to just the voice and the words that the other person is saying. That's most important, likely. 
uh, because they're speaking. And if they're talking about something, it's your job to listen. Okay, so you have to listen to the words. And if you're thinking about something else or daydreaming, you're not going to hear all the words. You might hear every other word and then try to fill it in with whatever you think the missing word should be. There should be no missing words. You should actually listen. And it goes even more than that, though. Okay? Just listening to the words that the person is saying is one level. Okay? Say that's face value. Okay? But beyond that, a lot of times when somebody's talking... They are telling you something else, okay? Uh, they may be telling you something opposite of what they're saying, opposite of what the words are. There may be a hidden meaning, okay? So you have to really pay attention. And you can pick up on this if you are actively listening, but you're actively listening with a clear approach. So if somebody says, oh, yeah, oh, I, I, I'm fine, things are really okay. Yeah, I'm, you know, oh no, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Things are, things are really good, actually. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Okay, what is that telling you? The words say, I'm fine, but the body language and maybe the tone of voice, it could be the context and whatever else is involved in the conversation, that's telling you something else. That's telling you, no, I'm not fine, okay? That's what the other person is actually saying, okay? That's actually what they mean. There may be a hidden meaning behind the words. There may be more to it. It may be nuanced. There may be several things going on that surround the words or layers of meaning, which you can only really get to if you're very attuned and you're actively listening. Like I said, it's an art form. You have to really use a creative eye. And by creative, again, I don't mean that you're throwing in your interpretation. Okay. And that's something also to think about when the person is done talking. You don't really want to jump in with, well, I think this about that. One of the first things you can do when somebody is finished speaking, and it is then your turn, is to acknowledge what they said. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I heard you say that. Or you can ask a question. And what that does is that helps provide clarity. And it gives the other person a sense that you really were listening. You could say, no, I heard you say something about, you know, going fishing next week. Is that, you know, you fishing off the pier? Are you, you know, getting a boat? Uh, that tells the other person that not only were you listening, you were interested and you were concerned enough or involved enough that you wanted some clarification, okay? And that gives them a chance to say, oh, no, that's not really what it was. I meant to say, you know, we're going to be scuba diving instead. Uh, I don't know. Whatever it is, they may have something else. But this gives you an opportunity to meet them where they are, okay? And I think that's one of the places where you need to position yourself, okay? That's what we need to do when we're listening. Now, you can't always put yourself in another person's position. You can't always walk a mile in somebody else's shoe. As a matter of fact, I don't think you can at all. You can consider that. You can take into account what the person is saying or their state of mind or whatever it is that they're going through at the time 
that they're expressing this and you're having this conversation, okay, that can be part of it. And that can give you cues and clues as to maybe a larger, a more deeper, and certainly a more clear way of understanding what the other person is saying, okay? So you have to be active and tuned in, and you also have to be passive with your own thought stream, okay? It's very tempting to bring in an opinion or uh, your ideas on this subject, especially about the other person, if they're expressing something to you, if they're trying to explain to you the way they feel, or if they're relaying something that they're going through, or reporting on something that happened, uh, meet them where they are, okay? You can't exactly know what someone's feeling, and you're not going to see things entirely from their point of view. Only they can do that, just as only you can speak and understand things from your point of view. But maybe you can meet them halfway, okay? And in doing that, you get a clearer sense on what's going on. Because when somebody comes to you with something, even if it's a problem, oh, I can't believe this happened. I can't get this to work. And, you know, this is just so frustrating. I don't know why my dog won't listen to me or my wife or whatever it is they have going on. Now, if you're the helper fixer type, uh, then you can immediately jump into solve it, fix it mode. Okay. And you can be, oh, the wheels are turning. And as they're talking, you're thinking, ah, I know this. Okay, I, I think I know what to say. Ah, this will help. This will help solve everything. And then you jump in with, well, here's what you need to do. Well, sometimes people, when they express something, even if they come to you with a problem, they really just want to vent. Okay? Maybe it's just to be heard. Maybe it's just to express. Maybe they just need to spew this out. In which case, then you say, wow, I heard you. I understand what you're saying. And wow, that must, that must feel really weird. Or, or ask them, how do you feel about that? That's got to be frustrating the way you were describing this, you know, what happened at the store. Um, and then you can ask if it gets to that point. Uh, well, can I offer up something, you know, my thoughts on this? Uh, because a lot of times when we bring up our own thoughts on something, um, we kind of make it about us. So if the other person's talking and they're saying, oh, this is happening to me and this is how I feel and this went wrong and I'm, uh, I just don't know what to do. Uh, when you come back with some solution or suggestion, a lot of times that comes from your own experience and you might use language like I, like, oh, well, I did this and, you know, that didn't work out. But when I tried this, it really worked out great for me. Now, you can do that, but you want to do it in a very subtle way, okay? You can even ask, well, can I offer something from my experience that might shine a light on this or even as a point of clarification? Well, gosh, I, I haven't really gone through what you're describing, but, you know, hear me out on, is this, is it something like this? I know when I was 17 and, you know, I just got my driver's license and, you know, I had trouble with this and I found that if I closed one eye while I was, you know, whatever, I'm just randomly making stuff up. But if you speak from personal experience, then you're not making it really about you. If you ask first, if you can offer something 
from your experience. And you should know fairly quickly whether or not somebody really wants your suggestions, really wants your help, or just really wants to be heard. I would err on that first, okay? Take it that somebody just wants to be heard. And actually, if they do want advice, if they do want your suggestions, they still want to be heard first, okay? Because you can't really suggest something, you can't offer a solution if you don't really hear the problem. If you're only hearing it partially, or you're listening to it through the filter of your own experience and your own opinion and your own ideas, it's going to come into you in a little different way. And it's from that way that you offer a suggestion, and it's probably not going to land. Okay? So try to meet them where they are. All right? Try to just... Maybe not be in their shoes, but just be beside them, okay? And just say, wow, I heard you. Is there anything I can do? Is, would you like me to try to help if they're in this kind of perhaps vent mode, all right? But if you're repeating back something they said, oh, I heard you say, wait, it was at 3 o'clock that you were supposed to be picked up and the Uber didn't get there until 5? Well, that's two hours. What did you do for those two hours? You know, again, it shows that you're interested. It proves that you're listening to their story, okay? And you're either getting the facts right or partially, or you're just checking in to make sure you're getting the facts. And sometimes if you ask questions instead of offer suggestions, you can allow the other person then to come to their own conclusions. You might lead them a little bit. It might nudge in this certain area. Instead of saying, like, well, I think you should trade in your car and lease instead of buying one. Well, that's a suggestion, and that may have worked for me uh, in my experience, but that may not be their experience. You could say, well, you know, have you thought about leasing? You know, then you're asking a question. You're not suggesting something because... It's really subtle, but sometimes when you suggest something or you offer a solution, you might feel you're being kind, considerate, compassionate, and you're offering up a solution. You're suggesting a remedy for something. But sometimes that can get taken the wrong way. If you say, oh, here's a solution, what does that imply? That there's a problem, that what they have is a problem, that they are problematic, something wrong with them, and you're trying to solve them, okay? Maybe they weren't wrong. Maybe they don't need a solution. Maybe what you can bring is listening, and you can hear them out, and maybe that's all that's needed, okay, to be a good listener. Uh, But if somebody's really coming to you in crisis, and they really, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Please, somebody tell me. what. ah, I don't know where to turn. Well, then that's an offering for you to then offer suggestions. Well, let me see if I can help. Let's talk this through together. Or why don't we explore this idea further and then get further into it. And you can move towards a solution or a discussion that's solutional. But if you come in with a solution you know, full force, as soon as they're done talking, ah, here's what you should do. You need to do this, 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 and that. 
you are really implying that they have a problem, even if they really do, okay? People don't want to feel like they're problematic or that they are a problem, okay, even if they have one, okay? So you can offer solutions, you can make suggestions, but you can do it in the form of questions and a very gentle approach to it, okay? So that's the art of listening when it comes to talking with another person. And if I can offer one more example, I guess I'll use eyesight. (laughs) I'll use the art of seeing as another way of looking at this art of listening. And it's an experience from my life. Uh, When I first started snorkeling on uh, Coral Reef, I was out with my brother uh, in the Keys and he was very experienced and, you know, still is uh, a diver and, and everything. I just, you know, I just like to swim and snorkel. And, uh, and the water's not very deep. It's only like six or seven feet deep. So you can, you know, grab a breath and dive down. And I was doing that and I was looking at the coral like, oh, there's got to be an eel around here somewhere. I was just looking, looking. I wasn't poking or prodding, but I was inserting myself in this experience, in this environment. And I couldn't see anything. Nothing was happening. And my brother swam over a little while later and said, oh, how's it going? What did you see? And I said, nothing. I didn't see anything. Uh, And he goes, oh, well, what's wrong? And I showed him and I dove down and looked around and I came back up and he goes, okay, well, that's the problem right there. Don't dive down. Don't look, don't get your face (laughs) in the coral formation looking for something. Lie on the top, just float on the top, put your face down, breathe through the snorkel and wait, watch and wait. And I did, and it was like flowers blossoming and blooming, the wrasses and anemones and everything else just came to life because I wasn't interfering, okay? And that's this observation effect. The act of observing uh, can actually affect the outcome of an experience uh, or experiment uh, for that case. So that was an active slash passive form of listening. I My eyes were wide open and I was looking around for everything, but my body was still, okay? I wasn't making any movements. I wasn't swimming. I was floating on the surface, looking down, and it's like a movie. This whole thing just came to life and I saw really just, you know, a little bit of everything, every kind of fish or eel or something you can imagine and some things I've really didn't imagine. And it was a wonderful experience, but it taught me a lot about how to look. And that can relate to how we can see so uh, or how we can listen. So if you can listen that way, like you're floating on the surface, you're very active, but you're not inserting yourself. You're not scaring all the fish off, okay? You're being present and you're actively listening, but you're not interfering in any way, okay? Now, the same is true with the inner life because that's what this is really about. If you want to hear messages from yourself, from your higher nature, through your intuition, if you want to interpret a dream, if you have a feeling, a hunch, a sneaking suspicion, or an inspiration, okay, listen to it. And listen the same way, the same way you would look at fish in a coral reef or the way I just described how to listen to somebody very actively but non-invasive in a conversation. 
Have that with yourself in your inner life. We get messages all the time, okay? And we have to listen to them clearly because if we don't, we will misinterpret them, all right? So if you get, say, an intuition, a feeling about something, maybe your heart starts racing and you're a little bit nervous, maybe a little anxious about something that's coming up, you want to stop and go, wow, what is this? And try to do that with a clear mind and an open heart that you can bring this in. Ask that, oh my gosh, what's, what's going on? You can ask yourself. It sounds a little schizophrenic, but there's really nothing wrong with that. If you have an intuitive insight, listen to it. Listen to it actively. Don't just interpret it right away or dismiss it. Oh, that's just, you know, the sandwich I ate this afternoon. It gave me gas and, you know, and that's, that's why I'm feeling anxious. No, there may be a real thing there. Okay, you check in, tune in, be the observer. Be a very active but non-intrusive observer to your own thoughts, your own insights. Listen to the voice within. Okay, because I think like our voice or an insight or inspiration, our bodies also talk to us. And that's maybe a way to get in this. We don't even really listen to our bodies. How are we going to listen to our these more subtle uh, intuitive impulses um, or metaphysical insights or spiritual awakenings? Okay, unless they hit you over the head. Sometimes they're really subtle and they're easy to dismiss and they're even easier to misinterpret. Okay, so same thing with your body. If something hurts in your body or something feels uncomfortable, first thing you want to do is not run to the medicine cabinet or the drugstore and try to mask the symptom. Okay, you want the symptom. Okay, it is telling you something. It's pointing to something else. All right. If you have butterflies in your stomach, it's probably not a problem with your stomach. It might be, but it most likely isn't. It's something else that's going on in your emotions, in your heart, something that's on your mind. You're nervous, you're anxious, you're anticipating something, and it's making this nervous feeling. So breathe into it and say, okay, what are you telling me? Ask questions. Ask yourself these silent unspoken, but certainly thought of questions as to what is this and try to approach it with a clear feeling or a clear sense of observation. Okay. Especially if it's an uncomfortable feeling and you're not really sure what it is, you can just go straight to the discomfort and you're like, wow, I don't like this. This sucks. Well, like a burn or a cut or a bite or something that happens on your skin on your body. Well, you need to see that. You need to look at that. And you go, oh gosh, well, I don't like that. Well, well, maybe you don't, and that's fine. But if it's a mosquito bite, well, then maybe you need to suck the venom out with a tool, not with your mouth. That makes it worse, actually. Um, or if it's a burn, oh my gosh, you know, what? where did I get burned? What's, you know, what's wrong? Or if you get cut, you know, is there something sharp you need to know about? You need to find the source of it. Yes, you have to treat whatever the ailment is or the abrasion or something like that. But it can tell you more than just what's on the surface. Okay? So listen to your body. Ask it questions. What are you telling me? And you have to listen in a way that doesn't cloud the message with preconceived notions or emotional 
objections <laughs> that you may have to that, or just this unpleasant, uncertain feeling. Try to get past that, try to get through that, and see even deeper. Listen more clearly uh, to what's going on, and you'll find out more about what your body, about what your mind, what your soul, your soul's longing might be telling you, okay? And you need to listen. If it's coming from your soul, you really do need to listen. This is probably where a lot of people run aground, is that there is what they think they should be doing, what they want to be doing, and what their soul is telling them that they need to do, okay? And that's you, and that's me, and we need to listen to that still, small voice inside because it's wise, and it knows more than we know that we know, and we can learn so much more about ourselves and our lives, just like if we listen to another person more deeply, we can understand them and their situation a lot better. Okay, so thank you for listening, <laughs> listening to me, and we'll see you next time here on Living the Inner Life. <laughs>